What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Russ and Kayla Nice Experience. I'm your man, Russ. And this is your girl, Kayla Nice. And together, we are the Russ and Kayla Nice Experience. What's good, Kayla Nice? What's going on? Oh, you know, Russ. It's another day another and another day. dollar mm-hmm. because I just got off of the plane. You know, you just... Pick me I, up from, I the, airport, you up. I know, from right? the airport. Yep. So I'm just coming back from Vegas. Mm, how was Vegas? Oh, Vegas was so good. Mm. I had a great time. Oh, uh, did you get a chance to gamble, eat? What did you chance to do there? Oh, well, you know what they say. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But the only thing that I can say is that we had a great time. And I did get a chance to zip line down Fremont Street. Wow. So that was really, really exciting. So you're an adventurous. I am an See, adventurous. See, that's something I could never do. Uh, oh, no? Man, no, I couldn't do that. I couldn't Oh, man. That. I was going to go down Superman style, but, oh. you know. <laughs> so you were a true like, adventurous. That was like an extra 20 bucks, and, you know, I had to get my funds together while we're, while we're on the girls' trip. Because, right. you know, anything goes when you're on the girls' trip. Oh, talk to me a little about this girls' trip oh, now. girls' trip. So you saw the movie Girls' Trip? I did. I saw that with my daughter, too. So, I embarrassed you know, the part <laughs> where Jada Pinkett, she has to go to the bathroom before she gets on the zip line. So I made a public announcement before we got on the zip line that everyone needs to go to the bathroom so we will not have any incidents. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we do. We go, we relax, we have a good time. Girls Trip is becoming something that is regular in our culture today, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's increased like within the last couple of years by 35 to 40%. More women are doing girls trips, you know. Mm. How many girls? We're, did you we're have catching on the trip? up with the men. Yeah, that's true. How many? How many girls did you have on this trip? Was oh, we had yeah, we had eight, eight uh-huh. total. So uh-huh. five of us flew in together. Uh-huh. Um, one of my friends from San Diego flew in for the weekend, okay. and then two other friends flew in at night. So we all got there at different times. So it was really like, you know, linking up and all of that, the beginning of the movies. Now, I'm visualizing, visualizing a, like a itinerary list. Did you guys like share, have like pass out itinerary list? So we're going to go here. We're going to eat here. We're going to, we're going to meet up here. We're going to meet the slot machines. Is it something like, cause that's what I, I just am visualizing women, how they do that. Men, we do it a little bit different. Well, how do men do it? Well, we do. We have a sense of purpose when we uh-huh. go out, like on the trip, and it might be the agenda. Like, say, if it's a golfing outing, you know what I mean? Right. Well, that'll be the agenda of it. Um, you know, we we usually get together with that. No itinerary. You know, it's just like, hey, look, we're meeting here. Gonna knock this out. Then we'll meet later on for drinks. But okay. We usually do it by the seat of our pants, like so on the fly. So long as the purpose. Yes. The purpose, purpose is yes. complete. The purpose is well, complete. Do y'all finish the purpose if you don't have an itinerary? That's what I want to know. Oh, yeah. We finish it. Yeah. Oh, you finish on the, fly. the purpose. On the fly training. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we're the same. Mm-hmm. Um, no, women are not overly agenda or planners whenever we go we do like to have certain things so i'm like my girl tiffany haddish i love groupon so i'm trying to find some activities (laughs) okay you know a couple meals whatever go Mm -hmm. eat at the buffets or wherever we happen to be even if it's all-inclusive so i'm looking for things like that but Mm -hmm. as far as an itinerary unless i go with people that specifically want an itinerary because we do have that like family trips you got to make sure that you do that yeah you gotta be which is why we go on girls trips that's right that's right (laughs) That's the purpose for the girls' trip, guys. That's the purpose for the girls' trip, trip, to get away. Because I don't don't know. I think that that would be, like, stressful. Mm -hmm. So I'm leaving to get away from stress, but me planning all of that stuff... 
it seems like if I have to be somewhere at one time or a specific time, I don't know. I might want to stay in bed late that day. Yeah. You know, yeah, I slept yeah. late every day. Yeah. Are you like, it seems like you might be the foreman of this too. Like, do, are you the person who like does the scheduling and just making sure people are there? Here sometimes, there? sometimes okay. I plan the trips because I like to get the deals and different things like that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I like when other people plan it too. So okay. we just come together. Who likes what? What do you like to do? Mm-hmm. You know, we had some people that like to gamble. You got some people that like to do this. Like I went to... Um, where I go, Jamaica, and I wanted to get up and do aquatic aerobics. Okay. And my friend, she was like, I'm not getting up to do that. I was just it. like, I'm not having it, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I'm out there swimming, almost drowning. I don't know what was going on in that pool. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I went out there and, you know, met her for lunch. So we do basically the same stuff. Okay. So you guys, you guys meet. So you coordinate these events. This, this seems like a coordinating process that you do. You don't do it like, on the fly like us guys, you know, we just, hey, look, we're going to meet here, we're going to knock this out, and then we'll meet somewhere else. It's well, not it's not detailed. I don't know. I think that most of the time when you have people that are on trip, I think of like a hall pass. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that movie? I think I, a hall pass, like you got yeah. let out and then you don't know what to do with yourself. Or right. like Bachelor type of scene where you're trying to get your groove back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's you? What's going on on the guys' trip? Yeah, I'll share with you a guys' trip I had to Miami, Florida. We went there. Um, oh Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, we went to Miami. It was like seven of us, mm-hmm. and again, we just planning like where we're gonna meet. Um, you know, getting together, and that's about it. So that sounds like an itinerary to me. Yeah. Nah. That sounds like an itinerary. No, no Welcome itinerary to Miami. No, it's hot. It is. Down it in is. Miami. It is. No, we're okay. very selective. No, we're very selective. We don't hang out with the teeny boppers. No. Uh-huh. We, Memorial Day weekend? Memorial were y'all Day? there? Yeah, we were there Memorial Day weekend. Y'all was there Memorial Day we weekend? We were there Memorial Day weekend. I mean, there's booty so, flying everywhere. It is. It but is. it's really going on. <laughs> it is going down. It is going down. But... We got in our group, our selective group, not messing with no teeny boppers, you know. My we, girls want to know, age. y'all down there Memorial Day weekend, I mean, it's like fire. It is lit. It is lit. It is well lit. It's a lot of fun there. Okay, you didn't sound like that. You was mm-hmm. like, it's well lit. Well, it's, it's lit. It goes down. Okay. It, it, goes, it goes down. Okay. It goes down right. for everybody. Everybody has a good time. Uh-huh. We have a great time. There. As y'all should. As we should. And y'all bachelors. And we are bachelors. I That's could just key. imagine. I didn't put. We don't put anybody the in compromising positions. You know, we don't have anybody who is married joining this particular guys' night out. But what All about right. the people that are married? Hold on. I'm sorry, Jalen. Yeah. This is Malik, the EP. Uh-huh. Are you still getting numbers at like forty plus? <laughs> I just want to know. I, I, I numbers, nah, nah, we're not. Well, you're eligible bachelors, you bet. Memorial Day weekend, you better have got numbers. Well, you get numbers, but we don't I write. Mean, we don't like, write them down. Though now it's in the it's in the mm, phones. Mm, it's bikinis and dongs. It's all kind of stuff. Is that was going on. I don't do the IGs personally, but there were people in my camp that did the IG deal. Mm. So what can you tell us? What do you do, Russ? Mm-hmm. You on your boys' trip or your guys' trip? Mm-hmm. What do you do on this guys' trip? <laughs> We go out there. We just I have conversation with ladies. Yeah, I don't have. A, I'm not a guy who has pickup lines or oh, whatever. You more conversation. I'm more conversation. I am who I am. I'm more. Com- I have no pickup lines. I don't know anything. I got no game when it comes to that. No okay. pickup lines. I just go and have conversation with the people. And ladies, we talked about this in a previous episode that we definitely need to make sure that we're on the lookout for Russ because yeah. he's an eligible bachelor. He done went on a bachelor trip and he came home with no numbers. I came home with so no numbers. So he says he right. came home with no numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Russ no, the nice guy in the crew. <laughs> <laughs> I 
He's the designated driver. He I'm making a, sure they get I'm over there the having club. a conversation with a young lady. I'm on the side having a oh, conversation no, with a no. young lady. That's, that's you me. Like, I got guys like you on my crew. It's like you look around and Russ is gone. Like, what <laughs> No, but I must, okay, so when you're saying that, I must admit, now, it was one time I went on a guy's trip. This was another time I went on a guy's trip. Uh-huh. And it was a situation, I, I got to really share this out. Yeah, so I, now it comes this, out. This, this is a funny story. So, like, one time we split up and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm talking to two ladies down on Collins. Two. I'm talking two. to two ladies. Okay. At the same time. At the same nice time. Guy okay. yeah, yeah, nice guy, Russ. Two guys, again, having conversation. Two guys, you know, I had a little bit to drink. And uh, I'm hugging both of the ladies oh, while I'm walking not. down. My good friend sees me, and he's like, Ross, what's going on? And, like, I was oblivious to a fact. I just heard my name, and I just waved to him, like, what's up? <laughs> you, <laughs> you act like you didn't come with him? Yeah, yeah, I act like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was out of my mind. I heard somebody say Russ. So I just acknowledged the fact, hey, Russ, somebody's saying Russ. You know, who knows me out here? So it must be one of my friends. But so, I acknowledged that and then just kept on, you know, having so a conversation with ladies. So can you describe <laughs> Russ to the ladies? He's like, what, 6'4"? Yeah. He like 6'4", chocolate, <laughs> tall, Hall of Fame player. So you know that he got some muscles going on here. I got movie star right. looks, too. Don't movie star don't looks, that, you that, know. That. You know, and he treats his mom well. Absolutely. So that's something that ladies look for. Oh, yeah. You, you got to treat, treat the ladies mm-hmm. well. So he's trying to tell us he went to Miami. That's yes. what I'm saying. Hugged up on two women. Yes. That's right. And mm-hmm. left with no numbers. No numbers. Left with no numbers. And no DMs. No DMs. Great conversation, though, amongst the ladies that I talked to. Great I conversation. I bet it was a great conversation. Great conversation. Mm-hmm. Great conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. You don't I believe, believe that? I believe it was a great conversation, dot, dot, dot. I think you, you remember <laughs> the great conversation. What I remember, right? Remember I told you I was out of my mind a little bit, you know, drinking. I had a lot to drink. But you had a lot to drink? Yeah, I had a lot to drink. But it was always, it always involves great conversation, classiness. Okay. You know, just right. getting to know somebody. So is this too much? Because I know I just butted in. But did you meet your wife, your ex-wife in Vegas? I did meet my ex-wife in Vegas. Why you didn't say that? <laughs> you ex-wife in Vegas. I told you I came back from there. So wait, you came home not just with a number, but you came home with a wife. Well, we there was a dating process that goes within, yeah. within that. We, we, we didn't, I didn't meet in Vegas and got married in Vegas. No, we met at Vegas. At the Chapel of the Bells. No, no, we, no well. we didn't do that. No, we met at Vegas. Uh-huh. You know, we had a thing going on there. Wait, so we, where you meet her at? Did you meet her on the strip? I met her, I met her at Studio 54. Studio 54. MGM Grand. Okay. In the club. In the club. In, in, the, the, club. Club. in the club. Nice guy, Russ. Nice guy, Russ. All right, he was ushered that night. Okay. <laughs> in, in the, the cl- club. In the club. In the club. In the club, so no. Okay. But uh, again, conversation was pursued. That's why that led to a what relationship. What kind of conversation you having in the club, Russ? You know, so loud, the music. <laughs> the air, right? He whispering in the air. <laughs> what are you talking about? Hey, we, we had conversation about the music. Matter of fact, I was getting on her nerves because she I was saying like, hey, look, you know, you know this song? What song is this, this, and that? She was like... God damn! If you just keep asking me what song it is, I don't know what song it is. But that was the conversation. That was the con- That was your pickup right. line. But again, I don't have pickup lines, and I don't. You know, I don't, well, I don't was, have game like that. That was it. That was, was, just, it. That it was, was your just conversation. Game. That was just your, conversation. your part yeah. of it. So that led to us along with a drink. Absolutely, yeah. Drinks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yes. I share another story with you too in terms Uh-oh. of drinks. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> yep. The so, drinks are flowing. The drinks are flowing. So when I went out, I usually, when I used to dance, you know, with women out there. Wait, you used to dance? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you used to dance? 
there at the moment of coming out the Oh, you talking about oh, in the club? Yeah, yeah, in the club. Okay. Oh, you meant like a, oh, you meant like a, like a, a male stripper? No, 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 no. Sexual chocolate? No, no, no. No, 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 no. When I danced at a club, meaning like, you know, not a, not a stripper, you know, what have you. Uh-huh. But I remember when I met my um, ex-wife at the time, we were dancing and we were talking and I had a beer in my hand. Uh-huh. And next thing you know, I spill a drink on. And it's like wipes out totally on on. Oh, so and you had to like, wipe it off? Is that what you said? No, I didn't have to wipe it off. <laughs> I got a, yo, I'm a gentleman, man. So oh. I, I got some, I got some tissue for him. She wiped tissues. it off, right? You know, we we talked it off, we laughed it off a little bit. I don't know about you, Malik, but I don't, I'm, this I'm type a, of stuff doesn't happen in the this, club. This more, you don't get stitched for There's more. Hold on, but this wait, but wait, there's but wait, more. more. But wait, there's more. So wiped off. We continue to dance. Me, like a moron I was, I continue to have that bear in my hand. Mm. So, again, I never have a bear in my hand when I'm dancing at all. Next thing you know, we're dancing again. I spill it on her again. And this time, it wipes out. Like, it really totals her mini dress that she had on. And then she was like, you know, oh, man, I got to, you know, I got to. I gotta go back to the I'm room. Soaking and, yeah, wet. I'm soaking wet. I gotta, you know, I gotta. Beer. Yeah, and you being and a beer. gentleman, you say, "Oh, I'll walk you back to the I'll room." Walk you back no, to the no, room. no, 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 no. The story, the story, the story gets better. Okay, listen. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. The story gets better. So again, the dress is totally wiped out. She says, "Hey, look, look, Russ. Um, we're staying in the same hotel. I just gotta go upstairs and get changed." So she goes there. So I'm sitting at a table. I remember like it was yesterday. I'm thinking to myself, she's not coming back. I blew it. I lost this opportunity. She's yeah, not coming that back. That kind of looked like a lost opportunity. Right. But maybe 20 minutes later, I'm still waiting there. She, she comes She comes back. She comes back. Different that's dress. That's what I knew it was love. That's, that's what, what I knew it was love. That's what I, that's what I knew it was bells. love. I, know, I knew it was love. I knew it was fate. And here's another story with this background. I got so many stories with this one. I know. Yeah, you get real in Vegas, right right Wait, wait, wait. All this happened on a guy's trip. All this happened okay. on a guy's trip. <laughs> we listen. We listen. So, okay. So, here's the thing about fate. And I, I'm really into a fate. I'm a fate guy. Mm-hmm. So beforehand, um, when I went out with, uh, when I went out, you know, when I went out to the club to see her, um, she went there earlier. So she was at the um, um, Studio 54. She went there ahead of time. Okay. It wasn't good. Then she went to the to the strip and went to other clubs. Mm-hmm. And then um, then she comes back. Mm-hmm. So when I was in there the first time, like I didn't, I didn't know she, you know, she was going to come back. So she, I actually met her the second time she came back there, not the first time that she came back there. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of fate. So you were in the club the first time she came and the second time she mm-hmm. came. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's fate, you know? Mm-hmm. So is the moral of the story, ladies, <laughs> you go on your girl's trip, you could possibly, possibly meet your future husband. You possibly could meet your future yeah. husband. I think that when ladies go on girls' trips, we mm-hmm. do the same thing guys do. You know, we look, we be like, oh, he's fine. Mm-hmm. I went to this place while we were on vacation, and my friends, they went to go sit on the balcony because mm-hmm. I was conducting business. So the next thing I know... I'm texting I'm texting one of them. I'm like, where are y'all? I turned around. It's them two and like five guys Ooh. from this place, mm-hmm. you know, where we went. And I'm just sitting there like, what's going on? They come inside. Girl, they were fine out there. They were coming in threes. It was like three would come out, 
three would go in, three would, more would come out. And I was just like, well, how y'all miss? So, okay, so y'all just left me mm-hmm. in the building and y'all out here straight on vacation. So, okay, I got you. Catch this because I'm not going to let this pass. What you got? Kayla Nee said she was conducting business in the club. God. I didn't say what in the club. Business, <laughs> huh? Like, wow, man. On a girl's trip yeah, know. in <laughs> Vegas. Y'all had like, some clientele in the club? What's going on there? I wasn't in the club at this moment. Okay. <laughs> so, what business are you conducting in Vegas on a girl's trip? So the business I was conducting was a timeshare. People asked me to come out, which a lot of people do. All right. And they gave me a free room and basically a free trip. So we went out oh. and then I had to give them 120 minutes of my time. Gotcha. So, oh. so while I'm hustling. doing, I was hustling. Yeah. I did hustle this trip. Man. I told y'all I'm a hustler. With your girls, okay. And my girls to along. Add to the hustle. And one of my girls, she went on a little presentation thing too and she made her little money. So, mm-hmm. hey, we made so out wait, well. Did they fly you out? No, we flew out, but they gave me a free room. Oh, and show tickets and another trip and a cruise or something. So how was that fly out? What was that like? Mm-hmm. It was, um... It was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the flyout was all right. I sleep the whole time, uh, you know, well, but I had to wear a mask. I was going to say. <laughs> so I so you, had the ma- you had the mask up. You had the mask up. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Why do you wear a mask? Yeah. Help us because I'm getting my last minute stuff together, right? Uh-huh. And one of my friends, she's just like, you know, the coronavirus is travel to the United States, so you need to get a mask. So now I'm like, Dad, on top of everything else that I have to try to do, because I got to make sure I got my toothbrush, I left my toothbrush at uh-huh. home. But I had, uh-huh. like, yeah, something to put... Yeah, hotel toothbrush? Hey, you got to know what you got to do. <laughs> Look, in Vegas, it all goes. But I had something to put over my mouth, because I'm like, oh, and then I went to go buy a mask from, like, Walmart. I went to, like, two Walmarts. And they were all sold, sold out. out. Yeah. So this thing is real. Yeah. And I mean, now you have a certain number of cases in mm-hmm. the United States. China is kind of running rampant. And so definitely be on precaution. So yeah. that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is It is running rampant. It really is this, this coronavirus. This coronavirus, you know, a lot of times I think, like for me, People are kind of scared. Like, people are panicking out here. People are panicking. They are. I saw a lot of masks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Based on the cases that's going on. I know it's like 60 cases here in the United States. One fatality. One fatality. So, man, it's a lot of people are panicking out here. But why are they panicking? Right. Is it valid or is it hype? I think it's valid. Mm -hmm. I think it's valid. I think it's valid. Mm -hmm. One, because you have... Over a thousand and something cases in China. Okay, it's it's now up to China and thirty two other territories and countries, including the United States. You have one person that passed away in the United States from it already, and it's affecting the market, the stock market, because no one wants to import or export based on the virus, thinking that the virus is going to come over here. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you: How many people are in the United States? What you say? I know you don't know that, but just guesstimate. How many people in the United States? I think like two, two million, two billion. Yeah. Two billion, right? With a two billion. billion, right? In the United okay. States, okay. Okay. How many people are reported to have the virus? I think there's like sixty cases. Okay, I believe so, so. Sixty out of two billion people. Right. How many people have died from this in the United States? Just one fatality right now. So one. Out of two billion people have died 
One right? person out of two billion people. <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying two billion people. So, I don't know. What's your take on it, Russ? Well, Do you think that we hyping it up? Well, so you well, I just want to get back to Malik's turn. So you're saying there's not there's, there's not a health concern here in terms of this coronavirus, is that what you're saying? One person but, has died right. that we know of okay. out of two billion people. <laughs> but how many people, how rampant did it spread in China? Like, I mean, it went from one person or a few people having it to it spreading rampantly Absolutely. and quickly at that. It yeah. wasn't like we were talking about this last year this time. We were talking about this in the beginning of January. Yeah. It is now traveled and killed numerous people, no, whether sure it's China time. or whether it's here. Stuff passed from place to place mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah. So, Russ, have you heard of something called Ebola? I have heard of that. What about the bird flu? I heard of that as well. That that came and went. Wait, say that again. It did what? They came and it went. So that's your take on it, Russ? Yeah. Your take is that we're hyping this up? Yeah. Okay, why? Yeah. Why well, would you say that? Well, again, economics. We talk about the economics portion of it, but I think we, it's more of a concern. So with that hype comes a sense of being concerned about it. We should be concerned about it. Mm -hmm. And I think the hype comes in with that, in the play of being concerned. So we okay. know for a fact that this has affected the global market. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So but I think it's real. a health. I think it's a health concern also. Mm -hmm. I think it's a health concern because you have, okay, let's just take the leadership. The leadership in that town that the outbreak started in China. The in China. In right. China. Okay. And so they could have quarantined that area, and they didn't think that it was going to spread or it was going to be as deadly as it is. So it sounds so, like poor leadership. Partly poor mm -hmm. leadership, but okay. they didn't value it as a health concern. Mm -hmm. So they just let it spread, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. and then they try to put in retroactive measures, but it was after the fact. So that's why I feel like it's a health concern because we need to make sure that we're, for instance, Russ, you were telling me um, that your mom went somewhere and the first thing that they asked was, yeah. have you traveled? Absolutely. Yeah. As soon as you get in the hospital, that's the well, first thing they do. Story. What, do you, what happened? Well, what happens is, and again, if, if you haven't if you been to a mind, hospital, tell us what oh, happened no, 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 my mom, she, um, she has pneumonia. So we had to go to the hospital oh, and when they, yeah, no problem. She's mm -hmm. doing well though. So, mm -hmm. um, when they check you in, the first thing they do is just make sure you have health insurance. That's the most important thing. Right. Number one. Right. Second question they ask you is, you know, has, has the patient been on um, travel to China? Has they been on vacation? That's the second question they ask you. Mm -hmm. Out of, with outside a mask. Of, yeah. Outside, <laughs> outside of, of your insurance. Yeah, yeah we, we take care of insurance right. first. That's, that's the first make one. Make sure that we, yes. you can we pay us. Yes. And right. So mm -hmm. if it wasn't that deep of a health concern, then I don't think that they would be asking you that as a second question. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, one, do you have health insurance to pay us? That's the financial thing. Cause the, like you said, this is affecting the global market, but in all aspects, we want to be financially sound. Mm -hmm. And then second thing is, have you traveled to China? Because this is an upper respiratory virus. So it affects your, you know, respiratory system mm -hmm. and it can cause bronchitis, pneumonia, and all different kind of breathing issues resulting in death. Mm -hmm. I think that that's pretty. So, right, your mother doesn't have 
The virus does. <laughs> no, she does not. She did not travel to China. Okay. <laughs> or what happened? She does not. No, no. She she has pneumonia. She no, no. Corona. No, no. Okay. Yeah, no. Doesn't have Corona. No she Lyme doesn't. disease. Nothing. No, no yeah. Lyme disease. Okay. Nothing like that. You know. And, and you're going to pick her up today. I'm going right. to pick yeah, her up today. That's important. You're not telling me. That is important. You you know what I feel bad for? Like this whole coronavirus is. I mean, it's messed up. Like think about people who make Corona beers. <laughs> this is a bad branding here. Corona it is beers. bad. And me being from Queens, there is a Corona New York. Oh, oh so yeah. So imagine the remedy for the coronavirus would be to have a Corona beer in Corona New York. How well, about if that was the remedy? I Come saw, on, not, and you just never know, man. Wait, I saw a meme <laughs> that said, I was raised on a Budweiser diet or something like that. I refuse to be taken out by the coronavirus or something like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But I just think it's a health concern, and I think that overall we need to, um, you know, wash our hands. Even though I did have something over my mm -hmm. my mouth, and a lot of people I saw had scarves and different yeah. things like that. But I think that in general we need to wash our hands, just like the flu. You know, wash mm -hmm. our hands, be more hand sanitizer is big too. Hand sanitizer, and that's is been big. selling out too, majorly, like in different stores. Hand yeah. sanitizer yes. is selling out big time. So yeah, yeah got to do that. So how and many build times up did our you immune system. And wash your hands on this flight. Mm. Oh, I don't. I didn't get it. I got a one. You didn't get up. I was sleeping. You had the mask I'm on the whole entire the time. Look, and then when I came back and I did that red eye, I put that little mask over my eyelids too and made it a sleeping mask. It was a whole so full face. So you could have the coronavirus, and we don't know. <laughs> Wow. As, as, as we're breathing in space right now. That's deep. No, no, no. I'm do I good. Gotta, do I got to drive into the local? No, I'm not going to be quarantined, okay. but some people said that. Yeah, some people, shirt. Yeah. Some, I have shirt. That's the first question they're going to ask. That's the first question they're going to ask. And some of, my fan, some of my friends, they were like, oh, I'm quarantining you whenever you come back. I'm like, dang, I'm only going across the United States. Mm -hmm. You know, but I saw people on especially people that worked in Vegas. I saw them on a bus and everything like that with masks on just to protect themselves from mm -hmm. being around people constantly and people from all different areas. You mm -hmm. think about when you go to tourist destinations, you got to do that. Were you the only passenger that had a mask oh, that no. you could see? Okay, mm -hmm. so there are many people... Did the steward yeah, or a bandana stewards? or something. I mean, I wouldn't go to the extent of... Because they said sometimes that the mask don't really do as much, mm -hmm. but just something to kind of protect when people were coughing and stuff. People mm. were coughing all, all the time. So the mask is cosmetic. That's what you're saying. No, I'm saying that I believe that it works. <laughs> but I believe that you need to increase your immune system. So mm. my friend, the same one that told me about the mask, right. said, oh, I have this, like she had a spray, mm -hmm. a whole, a herbal spray. And so she was like, put this under your tongue before you leave. So I did start doing that just to build my immune system. Wait a mm -hmm. minute. So the next business idea is the Corona spray? <laughs> <laughs> In Corona Queens, you got to get it done there. In Corona Queens. <laughs> so listen, here's what I think. I think that the people in China weren't proactive. I feel like the United States is being proactive. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. I so do I think feel like that's that. going to help. Mm -hmm. But do the people a, have a choice in China to be proactive? I mean, that's a communist country. So, I mean, they got to do what the people, well, the, the higher up The leadership, do. the government okay. wasn't proactive. Okay, gotcha. So but now they though, are. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Now but it's are. too late, though. Yeah. Right? It's too late. It's and honestly, here. the reason it's spreading is because they allow people to travel to these different places. Like, right. Italy is right now experiencing mm -hmm. an mm -hmm. outbreak of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I think the United States... Whether we love them or hate them, and we 
mostly hate on Donald Trump, mm-hmm. they did you know cut out flights going from China to and from China. So that right. helps. Mm-hmm. And then he met with the um, the vice premier, leader of China, the leader, right? yeah, China. of China, mm-hmm. to try to make sure that they're on the same page as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. So now, mm-hmm. what's concerned when you put Mike Pence in charge of the investigation, who has yeah. no medical background right. whatsoever? Right. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, and he he blindsided the guy who who leads in that brigade. You know, he the guy was up there on the mic. Just oh, okay, Mike Pence is going to take care of this now. That, that was very strange and. And number forty-five talking about, uh, you know, in April this all passed away. Yeah. It's all passed. So it gets warmer. I mean, listen, Trump yeah. as the president, you know, I get the fear, mm-hmm. right? Sure. It's right. not That's like what Obama when he handled the Ebola virus, right. right? Right. But right now, I don't think there's any evidence of us panicking in the United States, right? Yeah, I don't think we should panic. I just think that we should recognize it as something that is real mm-hmm. and something that's a health concern and something that we should definitely put some effort towards just so, like the rest of the government mm-hmm. you know so, just like the rest of the, the people Lee, what are some of the things that people can do to prevent you said washing your hands what yeah. are washing your hands hand sanitizer hand sanitizer mm. and make sure that you um increase your immune system and one way to do that is through what you eat what you mm. what you put in your body is what you get out of your body mm-hmm. and that brings us to our topic for today, which is yeah, why why vegan? And we're gonna have a great guest on our show talking about being a vegan, and uh, we can't wait to bring this to you. Well, some wait, of the I'm health sure benefits, this. yep. Some of the things that mm-hmm. she's experienced, mm-hmm. and the fact that you don't have to be vegan to try vegan foods and eat vegan foods and make sure that you're getting healthy stuff so are in you your body. Vegan? I am not. I am not either. Are but you I do love. Vegan? Yeah, I do love good vegan dishes. I never tried a vegan yeah. dish, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to trying one. That's funny. Like, I would do like a vegan dish like probably once a week, but I don't know if I can make it a lifestyle. That's mm. totally different. Yeah, I think for me, I would have to ease into it. Maybe like out of a seven-week day, mm-hmm. maybe that one day I devote to being a vegan or plant-based oh, diet. Oh, like Meatless Mondays? Yeah. Like Beyonce and a couple other Absolutely, celebrities yeah. do mm-hmm. Meatless Mondays. She's Actually, she's I, I practice chef, that myself. So you never know. Maybe yeah. she cooked for Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. a celebrity chef, so yeah. maybe she, know. yeah. We should ask that question. We yeah. should. Maybe we should. Is there a connection to Beyonce? <laughs> 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 That's true. Yeah. All so, right. yeah, we'll be right back with our, with our interview with the vegan chef. So today we have a very, very special guest. Today's show is Why Vegan. You can catch her at the vegan market at the Market Hotel. You can also catch her doing pop-ups throughout the East Coast. And you can catch her as a traveling chef in celebrities and other high-profile name houses. But welcome insatiable vegan, Brex Oxford. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. No problem. Hey, we're, we're excited to have you on the show here today, Breck. And uh, just wanted to get in a couple of questions with you. Where did you grow up at? I grew up in Plainfield, New Jersey. Um, and got out Jersey. as quickly as I could. Jersey, stand up. <laughs> I love All Jersey. Right. I love Jersey, but I always say, like, Jersey raised me, Brooklyn made me. I love Brooklyn. Oh, okay. I love New York. I feel like that's where my home is. 
And um, though I'm back in Jersey, and I probably won't ever be going back to Brooklyn to reside because it's just a whole new world now. Um, yeah, that's, that's I just don't know where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> right? But New York's <laughs> a good place, though. Brooklyn's a good yeah. place. I'm from Queens, but Brooklyn's all right. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Our EP Malik Means is from Brooklyn. Yeah. He, he's over here <laughs> representing that side. <laughs> so did hey. you go, Breck, did you go to high school in Brooklyn or did you go to high school in Jersey? Which high school did high you go school to? In Jersey. I went to Union Catholic High School in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. Okay. Oh, um, nice. It was. It wasn't what it is today. I'll say that today it's a very affluent high school. Mm-hmm. When I was going there <laughs> over twenty years ago, that was the high school that everybody went to. That when you couldn't get into another school, mm-hmm. but I wanted to go there because I just I didn't want to go to Bishop R. And those were my two choices. Oh, okay. So because yeah. you were able to go to the high school that you wanted to go to, what kind of high school student were you? Did you study culinary? Were you like, I'm just going to get in here and do it, get everything I can? Not really. Um, I was a high school student and I was a dancer. So that's what my real background is. I was a dancer my whole life. And, you know, I did the theater thing and that was cool. But culinary, I was never the girl in the kitchen. I ne- I ran from the kitchen. Um, yeah. So it, life has taken an interesting turn, to say the least. Wow! So you danced away from the kitchen, huh? I danced away from the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so did you yeah. study dance in school? I did. Well, not in school, but I studied dance from about five to thirty something. Um, I went to college as a dance major, an African studies major. Um, so that was my life. My entire life was just dance and music. And, um, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Once I turned about 30 or so, I started to fall out of love with it. And I was aging out, to be honest. Mm-hmm. What college so, did you go to there, Brett? I went to Temple in Philly. Temple, Okay. Very nice. Which also was not as affluent. As it is now. <laughs> the Temple Owls. Yes, the Owls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a good time. It was the best time of my life. I love school. Mm-hmm. What did you major um, in? I was a double major. I majored in dance and African studies. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that well, that's a, a wonderful thing. Yeah. I yeah. like that combination. You know, Breck, I'm a dancer mm-hmm. too, a former dancer. Yeah. I didn't okay. dance as long, but that's still something that's very close to my heart. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, Greg, with that degree that you had, did it did it lead you to what you're doing today? Or like, what did you do with that degree? No. Okay. So I did not finish. I opted to leave and just kind of dance my way through life. And it was great. And then I was stuck. Mm-hmm. So I never, I didn't get the opportunity to finish. Also due to some family Uh, some personal family issues. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about going back. And then I kind of fudged my way into the restaurant business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In all honesty, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just kind of made this resume saying that I was 
qualified for things that I was clearly not qualified for. Oh, oh, oh no, you didn't. You, 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 you were faking it until you made it, huh? Until I made it. And I just got in there and I soaked everything up and I just became a sponge and learned from some of the best in the business in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, that's basically what happened. And then I went from one amazing vegan restaurant to the next and finally found my home and was able to GM and learned all the ins and outs of running um, a successful a, a successful restaurant or um, culinary business. Oh, that's and then amazing. I come so did you, so you went into the restaurant business. Did you dance first? Did you like, where did, where did you dance if you did? Okay. So I danced all over. I traveled with different companies. Um, okay. I danced for different artists and it was great. And then my very last gig I danced, which I don't really talk about, but I danced with Beyonce at the Super Bowl when, uh, they were in New Orleans. Yeah, that was my very last. Hey, Beyonce. <laughs> you don't like to talk. You don't like to talk about that. Oh no! I lived in New Orleans <laughs> during that during that uh, Super Bowl, so I, I saw her firsthand. Man, I probably saw hey. you. Probably saw her. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. got to promote that there, bro. <laughs> that, and that went down. That went down in history because of all the yeah. things that she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and and the blackout. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So how did that dancing lead you to the restaurant business? I think I just, I didn't know what else to do. And I remembered any time that I was had downtime, I would, you know, serve tables as a waitress. And I was like, I'm really not qualified for anything. I'm a people person. Let's just see what happens if I throw this this rope out, this line out. And, you know, that's what happened. I ended up in a really great position managing with absolutely uh, no experience (laughs) (laughs) and then just learning on the job. And it was like, it was amazing. I did that for about eight years. Um, Wow. So you said that you kind of fudged your resume a little bit. You, you know, you were faking it until you made it, but what, what, caused you to kind of just like go out there? I know you said you had a little bit of service experience, but what caused you to kind of take that leap and just go out there for our audience listeners? Um, The leap into what I'm doing now or the leap into the culinary world? Just into the culinary world in general, because I know you've held quite a few positions. So what were they? And then how did you take that leap? Um, I took the leap. Honestly, I needed money. And I didn't know how I was going to survive. I know, that's and right. I, so I was like, this is what it's going to be. I'm going to do it in New York so that I can live there. Mm-hmm. And it all just kind of worked itself out. I started out as a manager um, for, at the time, it was the top vegan restaurant in New York City. And I worked underneath uh, the COO, Vinay Vinerib, who I always talk about wherever I go because oh, she wow. taught me everything I know. Mm-hmm. And from there, um, I moved on to another, uh, the competitor, which was Blossom at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was brought on as a GM. Oh, wow. And that was a beautiful situation. And I love Blossom. And, you know, I still have a very good relationship with them to this day. And, um, you know, after some time, I decided 
I really didn't want to do this anymore. I was working 72 hour weeks. Oh, wow. And it was just hard. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you're working 72 hour weeks, you're living in Brooklyn. So basically you're living in a box and you don't really get to enjoy yourself. And <laughs> um, I realized that I'm not a great employee uh, okay. because I advocate for my employees uh, to the utmost and owners don't really like that. Right. So um, I just decided to take a step back and um, then I got pregnant mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And then Insatiable was born with oh. my son. Wow. That's great. That's yeah. great. Hey, you yeah. mentioned, I know you mentioned during the interview, you mentioned how, you know, you, you worked in a number of vegan um, establishments. So, if you can explain to the audience, what exactly, what is vegan? Okay, so vegan is um, no meat or animal byproducts whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So that means for the Black audience <laughs> um, <laughs> and the Southern <laughs> Black audience, no fish, because that's always a question. You can't eat fish, no fish, no, fish. no cheese, no butter, no what? eggs, no chicken, no, no meat, no like. no nothing. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> so that is the vegan lifestyle. There's also what you have now. Um, the debate is vegan versus plant-based, which mm -hmm. I believe is very silly. Um, but you know, it is what it is. People always want to stir up some trouble. Mm -hmm. How does that? Di how does that differ from being a vegetarian? Is there so a difference? Vegetarians, there is a difference. Vegetarians do eat eggs, and they also eat cheese mm -hmm. and drink milk. So you can still have all the dairy as a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And then you have the pescatarians who eat fish along with the dairy products. Mm -hmm. And so what's yeah. the difference between vegan and plant-based? Mm -hmm. So nowadays the big debate is vegan is all the stuff that you're starting to see in your fast food restaurants, like the Impossible Burger, the Beyond mm -hmm. Meat Burger, mm -hmm. and plant-based is whole foods. So oh. uh, my style uh, for Insatiable is geared more towards plant-based, uh, where everything is soy-free, everything is made from a plant, mm -hmm. um, whether it's fruit or a vegetable. Uh, that's not to say that I won't get down on an Impossible Burger mm -hmm. Late night, <laughs> if I feel like it, you know, I, I know that's right. Yeah, I have one of those you know? Impossible Burgers at Burger King. I happen to like it personally. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, a little high just, in salt, think, though, for my taste. Just a little high in salt, but other than that. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I yeah. If I'm going to do that, I prefer the Beyond Burger and the Beyond Meat product. I like Beyond Burgers, um, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I just, I think it's a beautiful thing that, you know, veganism is hitting mainstream for whatever reason. I mean, people argue that these fast food companies are starting to go bankrupt. So they're banking on vegan dollars and who cares right. for me. Mm -hmm. I think that it's a beautiful thing that I can go anywhere just about and get something other than pasta with frozen veggies, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how did you get into the vegan lifestyle? Were you raised vegan? 
How did that start? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it all started with a dare when I was 11 years old. I used to come home and I used to make bacon sandwiches, straight up bacon on bread mm-hmm. with butter. Listen. And I put it in the microwave. Listen. 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 And it was. <laughs> <laughs> those, young, those, young, those young veins could take it. I don't know about now. Listen. The arteries, they might Ter- be. <laughs> I might just fall out. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So she comes home and she's like, I bet you can't stop eating meat. And so I did. I just stopped. And I was vegetarian for about 23 years. Wow. Okay. And then I crossed over to vegan solely because of the woman I mentioned earlier, B'nai uh, Vinerib. She kind of guilted me into being vegan. Um, you know, cheese was always a thing for me. I was like, I need mac and cheese. I'm black. Yeah. Like, I can't not have mac and cheese. And she's I like, like well, every time you... You know what I mean? Now I make great mac and cheese. But <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, I need that. And I, I, I want it and I don't want to give it up. And she just said to me, oh, you're killing baby calves every time you do it. And I was like, that's just terrible to guilt someone into submission. <laughs> like, come on. So I went with it. And then a week later, I went out to a diner in Brooklyn that shall remain nameless. I got some eggs and cheese and it was bad. It was it was spoiled, mm-hmm. and I got food poisoning. Oh, and so after I got food poisoning and was sick for about a week, I was like, oh. you know, this is my sign, God. I think <laughs> this is it. I'm just this is the sign. Vegan. You went back and were like, you're right, you're right, right. So who was the who was the she? You said someone came home yeah. and dared you. Who was that? My mom. Your mom. My mom. Okay. Yeah. You come from a big family. Um, I guess. I mean, the extended family is pretty big. I have um, an older sister and an older brother. Um, so it was five of us growing up. Are they vegan uh, as well? No, I'm the only vegan oh, okay. in the family. Oh. And, um, you know, it took some time for everybody to jump on board and actually try my food and mm-hmm. Now it's just kind of like, oh, this is actually really good. It's okay. And I'm like, you guys are so silly. You eat vegan all the time and don't realize it. Mm. Right. You know. What what are some of the yeah. health benefits for being a vegan? Um, well, for me, I rarely get sick. Um, your your immune system is definitely uh much better if you're eating whole foods. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, your chances for things like diabetes and high cholesterol and high blood pressure. Those are um, cut in half Mm -hmm. because you're not eating, you know, a lot of things that will attribute to those ailments. Um, Inflammation is not really an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, So I find that whenever I go to the doctor, they're always shocked. Even when I was pregnant, I was pregnant at 35 and that was considered a geriatric pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the doctors did not want me to do a home birth and they made me take all these tests beforehand and they were, they came back and they said, you have the health of a 20 something year old. It's unreal. And they approved my home birth. So, you know, I think that's with anything though. I think if you just are mindful of what you're eating, that you can be in good health too. Mm -hmm. 
Good. So we're going to head into a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about Insatiable Vegan and kind of what you're doing with that now. I know that you've traveled a lot and share some tips with the audience. So we'll be back. Go back to the Russ and Kayla Nice experience. So, Brett, uh, we were talking earlier. What went into? What was your decision process? What made you start your own business for the Insatiable Vegan? Uh, basically, I didn't want to work for anyone anymore. I realized that I wasn't a good employee, mm-hmm. and that I had something different to bring to the table. I was scared as hell, you know, mm-hmm. obviously to take that leap, right. but. I had this little person in my life and as a single mom, I said, I have to go hard or go home because Mm -hmm. I picked it up. I started it while I was working, but I really, again, was faking it to make it saying that events were sold out, that no one was coming to, to try to start a buzz and nobody could care less Mm -hmm. about (laughs) like most entrepreneurs, right? It's like, it it could be good one day you got a sold out event and the next day nobody comes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and it was terrible. I mean, nobody knew who I was. Nobody was interested. Um, Vegan wasn't as um, trendy as it is now. Mm -hmm. So people weren't really here for it. So how did you overcome that fear? You said that you were scared as hell. So which most of us are. How did you overcome Mm -hmm. that so that you can kind of just go out there and take that leap? I looked at my son when Mm -hmm. he was about five, six months old, and I said, well, it's me and you, Mm -hmm. and I've got to do something, you know? I'm not going to put you in daycare. I don't have the funds to do that right now, so I'm going to have to go, you know, I'm going to have to go hard in the paint. So really, he was my motivation. There was no, this is not going to work. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's great motivation. Yeah. I think most of yeah. us parents out there feel like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got to do what you got to do because now you're responsible for this little person. Yeah, there's no, there's no plan B, C, is this the plan A and just roll with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we, you've mentioned Insatiable Vegan. Uh, how, can you describe your business and what does it do? And, sure. and how did so, you get the name Insatiable Vegan before you, before you answer the question? How, where's that name come from? I like that name. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Okay. So. <laughs> There's a story behind that name. That's good. There's a story behind that I dated that a guy. <laughs> I dated a guy. And he had made mention that I was insatiable. Um, <laughs> and so years later, when I was trying to come up with a name for a company that I didn't even know I was going to really have or take seriously, I went back to the, you know, the high school brainstorming where you put, you know, your business in the middle with a circle around it. And then you're coming up with different words that you think can describe it. And I just remember being on the train in Brooklyn, um, just kind of putting different words, like you just can't get enough and you want more. And then I reflected back to that conversation. And I was like, insatiable, that's it. That's me, right? That's me. And it sounds sexy and it sounds clean. And that's what I wanted my brand to be known for because 
I don't really consider myself to be that, but I look at my food. Like that's how I get my sexy and all of that out is on the plate. I was about to say that, Brett, because insatiable, you want your food to be sexy. You want it to give a certain appeal. So that name definitely describes that. Yeah. So what are some of the classes that you had to take? Or um, I know that you said that you studied under someone at the restaurant. Yeah. So I am actually self-taught. I did not take any classes, but I just became so um, engrossed in every aspect of the restaurant. So I would go into the kitchen. I had uh, the pleasure of working at a place called the Pickle Shack in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And there was a chef there, Neil, who now is actually the executive chef at ABCV in Manhattan, which is now one of the top um, vegan restaurants. And he saw that I took an interest in in the food and all these different vegetables that he would bring in that I had never seen before in my life. And he would just kind of educate me about them. And he would kind of take me under his wing and just show me different things in the kitchen. And that's really when my love affair began Mm -hmm. with plant-based cooking. I had no idea that there was more than like broccoli out here, you know, like <laughs> I saw a lot, I saw a lot like of main of mushrooms Absolutely. for the first yeah. time. Until you gave right? me that pool jackfruit, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Man, jackfruit, I need to get back to that. I haven't cooked with that in a minute. Mm, mm, yeah. mm, okay, so yeah, describe more in detail like, about your business. Like, what do you do exactly with the business? Insatiable. So I'm a I'm a traveling personal chef, so I go, I travel all over as, I mean, if it's in your budget, great. If it's not, then we can work something out. Um, but ultimately I travel, I come to people's homes. I, um, am a personal chef for families or private events. Um, I also do larger events like weddings. I've decided, uh, that I'm actually going to, uh, start doing more intimate weddings because that for me is what insatiable is about just being really intimate and really enjoying it and creating an experience and for me that works best with 50 and under um so that's what i do and so and we I have do- a little story about that break right we um we do we recently well, sure. worked on a wedding okay. together the audience knows that I event plan and you are the vegan chef. And so Brent kind of put me on to a wedding and we did that for 150 plus people. So that was yeah. a, a night to remember, right? It, it definitely was a night to remember. Um, it was, it was, I, I had done larger weddings before the same, you know, amount of people. I will say that this was the smoothest. Mm. of all of the others that I had done. Um, oh, that's wonderful. However, Thank you, Brad. Yeah, Thank however, yes, yeah, <laughs> because um, a, you were the planner making things flow. I have a question for you. Are vegan weddings, are those popular? Because I've never been to a vegan wedding. I mean, you know, in terms of like having having vegan food at a wedding. Are those, are those popular yeah. things? I don't know if they're popular. I'll say that people who, most of my clientele, I would say is 98% non-vegan they are meat eaters Mm -hmm. and 
they'll have the food and then they'll say, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like if I could eat like this every day, I would be vegan. I'm actually getting married. What do you think about catering it? Do you do weddings? And I'll say, okay. So I can't really speak for whether they're popular or not. I can just say that people have hired me to do their weddings who are not vegan and who are vegan. And I'm happy to do it. So, well, that's good. You know. That's good for us to know. So I know that we were in um, Morristown and you traveled mm-hmm. there, but where else do you travel to cook? Um, everywhere. I actually uh, just got back from New Orleans. Um, I'll be going to Detroit next week. Um, I was in Qatar um, in the Middle East wow. last November. So, you know, I'll go wherever there's a kitchen and wherever people want me, honestly. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. like having a private chef in your home. So what's it like to have a private chef in your home mm. for the weekend? I would love something like that. Yeah, me too. I definitely would too. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, again, it goes back to the experience. I want you to feel like you're a guest in your own home. And that's what I always tell people whenever I come and I cook for them. Don't, you know, don't ask any questions. If I need anything, I need nothing. I don't need you to help me just chill and do what you normally do. When dinner is ready, it will be here. And when I leave, you'll never know I was there because it'll be spick and span. Um, Yay. So I, yeah, so I just think. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very quiet. I keep my headphones on because though I'm not dancing, music is the drive for everything mm-hmm. that I do. That's what I was going to um, ask you. I was going to ask you, do you dance with your, with your dancing background? Do you dance when you're cooking? Sometimes, If I'm in my own kitchen or if I'm in my own commercial kitchen or if I'm in my booze kitchen, yes, I'll be, you know, dancing. But Ultimately, I just have my music in my ears and I'm doing my thing. You know, people ask, you know, like say love is the the secret ingredient. And I always say love is the main ingredient. Yes. Music is the secret ingredient That's for right. me. Yeah. Hey, what are yeah. some of the challenges you face on an everyday basis? Who Lord. <laughs> All, everything. Is that many, huh? <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, the main challenge is being a single mom to a very busy, hyperactive three-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's very challenging. I have very little help. And um, yeah, I mean, oof. So what do you These recommend? Pens- what do you recommend for our listeners? Say they're single moms, say they're moms or their parents that want to get into opening their own business. Give them, let's just say, two things that they can do to make that transition easier. Two things that you do. I include Noble in everything, mm. no matter what it is, so that he can feel like he's a part of it. He's still getting time with me. Mm. Um, we're counting. We're going over colors. We're going everything he's involved in. Uh, do you think he might so be inspired helped. to be a chef? <laughs> I don't know. He's three. He right. enjoys it idea. now. Who knows what happens when he's older, but now he just feels like he's such a good helper and he's so quick to get a stool and he's constantly asking to help. So who knows, you know, what he'll do. I mean, that would be really cool if he decided he wanted to be a chef, but, you know, I'll support whatever he wants to do. Well, I like that concept, Um, Brick, um, that you include him, because when you look at other cultures, I know that I've gone into many Asian restaurants and the whole family is working. So it's really good to, you know, keep the family involved because you get some some extra free help. Right. And then they get a chance to learn the business and also be a part of it. So what's one other? 
other thing that you would recommend um, for our audience that you do? I take time out for myself every day. And you have to do that in order. And it's not even a lot of time. It could just be five minutes. But that five minutes recharges you and it allows you to focus on what you need to do in order to make your business successful or to do something new and reinvent whatever it is that you're doing. But I think those two things are important when you're a single mom anyway. Headspace, mm-hmm. you need clear headspace and and having your child help you. I mean, you know, it's it's either going to be that or you're going to be stressing yourself out constantly telling them no 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 right when you can just have them in the kitchen helping you and they're learning and it's it's yeah. great for them to see mommy's working yeah. right you know get that concept that work ethic yeah see the hard work yeah. of mom yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and it builds their confidence too mm-hmm. i mean the other day noble went in the refrigerator helped herself to some grapes and i was like well all right all right this is what we're doing. <laughs> see he's learning he's learning <laughs> he's teaching them well you know, <laughs> I'm trying to struggle. Good grief. Mm. Hey, Brett, <laughs> do you have like a team that supports you? Is there like a team, Brett? Uh, my family is my team, Brett. Okay. I mean, I, I have a staff, you know, for larger events and for um, private, uh, private uh, chef experiences for over six people. But my sister is my rock for everything. (laughs) I tell people all the time, I have the best one in the world. Like she is team Breck. She's been team Breck since I was a little girl Mm. and I couldn't do any of this if I didn't have her. And um, her husband, you know, will take Noble every now and again and watch him um, when I have something going on. So Mm -hmm. it's nice. That's Mm -hmm. nice. Mm -hmm. So what are some lessons that you've learned um, over the course? How long has Insatiable Vegan been in existence? Let's start there. Okay. Insatiable has been in existence five years, I want to say. Yeah, for anniversary years. (laughs) Yeah. And what are some things that you've learned? um, What to look out for or what to watch for? Um, I have learned to, to choose who I want to work with. And I think that's really important for people just starting out because when we're just starting out, we have uh, the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ugh, I can't think of it. But we, we normally want to lean towards the coin. We're like, we need to get that money no matter what it is, uh, no matter how bad. much it's paying. Right. And that's not always the best way to go. In my experience, mm-hmm. um, I've come across some really nasty people. Yeah. I have um, I've lost money in the process because I'm trying to chase a coin, not realizing how much work it entails yeah. and how much uh, costs are and how much overhead is. So I think at the end of the day, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to remember that you're the boss. And you get to choose who you work with. And even though it may look tempting, you have to have discernment with who you decide to work with because it may not be worth that headache. It may not be worth, you know, that extra $150 that you need in order to pay your cell phone bill. So that's something that I've learned um, the hard way, Mm, you know. that's (laughs) That's That's a great lesson for our listeners. Make sure you have discernment in the projects that you work on and it's it's in line with your mission and your vision 
and your ultimate yeah. goals, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, Brett, do you have like a steady customer base? I do. I do. And I just feel so thankful and so blessed to have <laughs> this uh, <laughs> this clientele because I'm telling you, the first three years, well, the first two and a half years, nobody knew who Insatiable was. And so now that, you know, people will call me from all over and I'm still obviously uh, listen, I have a long way to go, but I am so happy with how far God's brought me right now. Yeah. So no doubt about it. You know, yeah. I'm just thankful, you know, for people who come out and they show up for mm -hmm. Insatiable and they believe in it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you have a favorite dish that you whip up? Do you have like a like a signature dish? I have a signature dish. Um, I am now known as the Crabless Cake Lady, and I Yay. have embraced it. The Crabless um, Cake Lady? Okay. Yeah, it's taken me some time to embrace it, but everywhere I go, if someone sees me, this actually happened in Miami. Last summer, I was at, at on a beach, and this girl ran up to me and was like, oh, my gosh, you're her. You're the Crabless Cake Lady. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> in Miami. In Miami, I was like, this is terrible, but I guess I got to just kind of own up to it. And, you know, that's how Insatiable started with these crabless cakes and people go hard for them. I am sick of them, but people <laughs> love them. What, what's so involved in the crabless cake? Like what, what, go, what goes into that? So they're made from heart to palm, which is a sea vegetable. And it's great because it gives you like that sea-like taste that you would get in a crab cake oh. um and it's topped with mango chutney and edible flowers mm. and um people are going nuts over these and i'm so thankful that people love these crabless cakes because they were just an experiment and a thought one day in my tiny brooklyn studio apartment <laughs> and now people want them all over so i'm really i'm really thankful for that man you're making me hungry i gotta have some of that I know we're gonna, yeah. have to place, we're gonna have to place an order soon. No doubt. So you Anytime. mentioned you were in Miami, right? Mm -hmm. Were you in Miami yeah. for work or fun? What do you do whenever you're not working? I travel um, without my child, <laughs> and <laughs> I like to eat all of the good vegan food and dance and. Just have a good time, relax, drink. I just want to unplug. So that's what I do when I travel. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really an itinerary girl. I just like to go and, you know, wherever the wind takes me, that's where I'll go. But that's funny because we were having a discussion earlier about girls trip yeah. because I just came off of one. And Russ was saying how he thought that women have like, everything scheduled out and how men yeah. they just go on a fly but i'm like we go on the fly too sometimes we just want to go and decompress so yes i well i think it depends because my sister is very much well what are we gonna do when we need to have an itinerary <laughs> and i'm very much not really i just want to go and have a good time my life is so regimented as it is right i just want to kick back and have fun i'm not thinking about you know, cocktails at 12.05 and then a tour at 12.51. <laughs> no, that's right. 
<laughs> Let's just have a good time. We don't need to plan the fun. I want to have cocktails at 12 and 1251. <laughs> How about that? How about that? <laughs> hey, Breck, you mentioned okay. that the, the uh, process of the pop-up shop. We talked about that, yeah. uh, the different process with that. Can you explain to us, like to the audience that are not really familiar with us, like what exactly is a pop-up shop and how can you know people get involved with the process of you know reaching out to you with that? So pop-up shop, um, there's two different types. So I do my own pop-up, which is called The Experience, and people buy tickets, they come, they eat three courses and libations, and it's just a fun time. Um, the other way, if you're just starting, I would say start looking at some of the different markets and the different festivals and try to get your way in there. Send some emails and see if people will bite. Um, or call me and I'm happy to vouch for you and try to get you in. You know, if you have a product that you want me to see or try, I can, you know, make a couple of phone calls and see if we can get you in and um, get you some different gigs. So the pop-ups uh, that are in Brooklyn, it's nice because it's like a little market where there's a bunch of vegan vendors there. I love my vendor family. We all just kind of hang out and support each other and sell our stuff and people come and there's a bar so you can buy drinks and, you know, get everything from vegan food to vegan clothing to vegan essentials. It's, it's a dope experience. Mm -hmm. So what goes into that? So all of the vendors come from various places you set up for that day and then you break it all down. Like, how does that yeah. work? Yeah. So you come from everywhere. I mean, there's even um, one of my homegirls, Melanated Vegan, she's from Toronto. Mm -hmm. And every now and again, she'll come from Toronto to Brooklyn. She'll set up her booth and um, she'll sell her clothing and um, she packs up and she goes back home. And it's nice, you know, like you're really not responsible for much. You just bring your own stuff. You pay. There's a buy in mm -hmm. um, or a vendor fee. You mm -hmm. pay, you know, anywhere from you know, $25 to $130 to set up. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you, you know, you sell your food, you get to be out there with the people and it's really nice and fun because it, it doesn't feel like work because you're kind of hanging out all day. Mm -hmm. uh, so it seems like there's, I mean, a new, there's, there's a large vegan community out there. There is. Mm -hmm. It's large, but it's small because okay. we all know each other well, as far say, as connected. Yeah, like on the entrepreneurial uh, owner operator, we all kind of know each other mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, it's big, but it's not that big. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a there's a need for it, though. You know, people now, the accessibility that we have now to know so much about health and wealth and what you should be eating, um, it really benefits us because people come who aren't vegan and they just want to try it and they're foodies and mm -hmm. they're just happy to be there. Yeah. And so what would you suggest someone coming in that's not vegan? What would you suggest they do in order to kind of enter into that lifestyle or, or try it out? I tell people take baby steps. Don't put, don't put too much pressure on yourself because you're going to backslide, you know, mm -hmm. start incorporating different things into your diet. That's where I would start. Instead of having a regular burger, go and have a Beyond Meat burger instead of, you know, having what? 
uh, fries, mm -hmm. try to have a fun salad, not, you know, the house salad with one cucumber and a cherry tomato. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So that, that's always where I go. Just lean in mm. and start to try different things. You don't have to begin with omitting anything mm -hmm. because that's I think that reads very scary. Mm -hmm. So you, so you recommend easing into the process that, cause that would be me in that process. I would kind of ease in mm -hmm. out of seven yeah, days I, one day. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my opinion. Other people will say, just go for it. It took me 23 years to stop eating cheese, guys. Mm -hmm. So for me to then say, you know what, just stop. I, would, I wouldn't feel like I was being honest. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if completely cutting out things cold turkey works for you, great. It didn't work for me. And I find that with a lot of my clients, it doesn't work. I find easing in is the way to go. And then once you've eased in and you've made a decision that, you know what, I really want to try to go vegan, I always say start with dairy. It's the hardest, but it's the best thing you can do for yourself is to eliminate dairy from your diet. So I think that's great. And there's a way that people can kind of get in touch with you, right, if they want to try something. So name a couple yeah. pop-up shops that you are or markets that you're present at regularly. So I am at the Vegan Market, and that's at the Market Hotel in Brooklyn. I'm there once a month, every um, second to last Saturday, Sunday, rather, of the month. I was just there two weeks ago. And I will be at Pine Box Rock Shop, also in Brooklyn, at the Pine Box uh, Bar in Williamsburg on the 14th, which is a Saturday. So if people want to come and check that out. And um, I actually just partnered with a good friend of mine and we're starting a series at Bloomingdale's. So we're really oh, excited nice. about that. And that'll be launching at the end of this month. So is this like clothing or? No, we're oh, doing so... like a brunch and burn. Oh, okay. So okay. it will be yoga okay. and vegan bites, all CBD based. Okay. Cause I know oh, you mentioned, nice. I, I know how you mentioned how vegans, you, you know, a lot of clothing wears as well. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And yeah. so what kind of future projects besides the Bloomingdale's, what other future projects are you working on a book? Or are you, what are you doing next? Um, well, I have merch that's going to be released uh, next week. So I'm excited about that. Ooh, um, yay. Yeah. That's great. Um, my website is being updated because I have a sad little website. And so that <laughs> should be done. <laughs> that should be done by next week as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have a few, uh, celebrity clients that I'll be doing things with and posting about this month and next month. So I'm excited about that. I try to keep hush hush because people don't want their business out there until they want it out there. Mm -hmm. right. Um, and that's really, that's really it. Okay. Um, I'm doing I'm doing a dinner party in Detroit next week, uh -huh. and um, it should be a good time. Okay, I got relatives in Detroit. You gotta maybe got I gotta talk to you. Maybe I'll get you in contact with them. Got a large family. Please, <laughs> please do. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. I'm thinking about moving out there, so that would be pretty dope. Okay, we'll do. We'll do. Okay. Hey, so mm -hmm. how can the audience book you? How can they? How can they all about booking you again? You mentioned. Um, you want to hit me up at my website, which is www.insatiableveganglobal.com. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And where can they find you on social yes. media? 
On Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, I'm at Insatiable Vegan. Really simple. And one takeaway for all of our budding entrepreneurs listening today, what's one thing if you could tell them that you would leave? Just do it. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. Don't give up and just keep going. The minute that you quit, uh, you'll have to start all over again. So keep going and don't let the bad days, because there will be plenty of bad days. Don't let those uh, deter you from your goal. You are needed. Whatever your niche is, you are needed. And even though there may be a ton of people doing it, they're not you and you're not them. So you're offering something that nobody else has. So believe in yourself and find you at least one person who believes in you so that they can, you know, gas you up. Right. <laughs> Every once in a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Breck, we, we, we enjoyed having you come on today on the Russell Kennedy's experience. Um, we're going to be looking forward to everything that you're doing and, uh, you know, much success to you in the long run in the future. Thanks, Brad. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, guys. Yes. Yes. Yay. Yay. <laughs>
Well, where can they find us, right? Oh, that's right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> we that. We got each other. We got each other's back. Absolutely. Give your social media, Kaylinese, if you would. So you can find me at Mapped It Out on IG, Twitter, all different uh, social media handles. And you can also book me via IkeishaLanise.com for motivation speeches, tips, keynote speakers, different things like that. And we mentioned event planning, so you can check that out as well. And then tell them where they can find your game plan steps and where they can find you, Russ. Absolutely. Yeah, I could be found on Instagram on R Will Transitions with an S. Um, on Facebook, I'm active there. Reach me at Russ Williams. And uh, you can always book me as well. Get my book transition game plan. You can send me an email at rwilltransitions at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also find us here Absolutely. every week. We every are week. consistently here. We're here. You can comment, you can subscribe, you can share, mm-hmm. and you can interact with us via the podcast. Yes. So make sure that you don't forget that you found us here first. Yeah, and we are here for you. We're here for the people. We're That's here to right. give the experience, our experiences with the people. That's right. <laughs> well, on behalf of Kaylin and Anise, the EP extraordinaire Malik Means, I'm Russ. And we thank you for listening to the Russ and Kayla Neese experience. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Take care.